Welcome to the Mouthpiece Podcast. Running a little late this week, kind of a last minute podcast, but I had to get it out. Big fights this weekend, big rematches, two heavyweight rematches, and I, you know, gotta gotta get you where I'm thinking on this one because I, I really broke down Stipe uh, Nagano today. But this is the Mouthpiece Podcast. I am Ezra Hernandez, and let's get straight to it. Stipe Miocic versus Francis Nagano, number two. First fight, Stipe. Had good movement, good head movement. Uh, did just enough to stay away from Francis's, you know, really massive shots. He still got caught with some, but moved enough, had enough, uh, got mixed up his striking with his takedowns, mis- mixed up his striking defense with his take- with takedowns, and just did enough to be well-rounded enough to stop everything that Francis was bringing when it came for Francis just looking for one big shot to end the night. Now, going into this fight, right, it's been some more, uh, a lot more miles on Stipe, right? Stipe, since this fight, has fought Daniel Cormier three times. In that fight, he's been knocked out cold once. He's been in two wars. And since that, since Francis's fight, right, Francis fought Derek Lewis after that. He lost a, a, one of the worst fights of all time. Not, no, really, nothing was landed. Didn't do much. None of them could get off. They're both afraid of each other's power. And then Francis goes on a run, and since the Derrick Lewis fight, he's had four fights, all ended the first round by knockout. So what it tells me is you have a car, right? You have a truck. So it's Stipe Milchik that has a lot of miles on it. It has a lot of miles. Now, it's consistently got you where you need to go, but it just has a lot of miles, and you're just waiting for the day that it just does not start up. It doesn't get going. Now, you got Francis. You got a car that... You drive from point A to point B, but it never really tested. You never really tested on the road. Never went cross country with it. And that's where Stipe needs to do. Stipe needs to take Francis cross country. He needs to take it on a road trip. He needs to get him past the second round and see if he can hold up. And what Francis needs to do is test Stipe early and see if the car even starts. Because the car might not even start. You might put the keys in the ignition and, uh, ignition and it might not even start. That's what he's going to find out. What am I seeing from this fight, right? What am I seeing from Miocic? Miocic, throughout his career, right? Because you have to judge it. See, you could judge it throughout his career. You got to judge it like what's recent. But let's talk about throughout his career, he's been fundamentals. That's all really what he's been. He's like, he doesn't do anything that's like stands out amazing. But his fundamentals and his basics are what's so good that it allows him to uh, be able to take a fight really where he wants and where he needs to take it to win. If, you, if you're going to just box with Stipe straight up, you know what I mean, and especially MMA, he, he's probably going to you know beat you to the punch because he punched straight. Uh, he's smart. He's more athletic than he's given credit for. He's like a lot more athletic. He's pretty good with legs. He had good movement. He could punch going backwards. Um, he could take downs. Like He's just really good with his really good legs. The more recent Stipe has a lot less uh, head movement because he has a lot less reaction. You know what I mean? Like his reflexes aren't what they used to be. They're nowhere near. If you watch a DC fight, like DC is landing on him cold. Like he's not seeing these punches coming. He's not being able to react. And a lot of his defense is just kind of like pushing Stipe away with like a longer, with the pushing him away with his hands, kind of like getting the reach to get him a little distance. He's always had like a decent chin. Even though he got slept by DC, DC, even after that fight, he's had a good chin against DC's big shots, right? Um, he's good power. He's steady. Uh, he's, he could, he got good leg kicks. Well, either, well, either leg, he can leg kick you, right? Uh, good transitions. Like I said, his transitions from uh, defending strikes to takedowns was has always been very good. But I'm curious if it's still good, right? I'm still curious if Stipe is going to be able to move around this fight enough to hold Francis off, right? Is he going to be able to do what he did in the first fight? Because, yes, I, I seen on Twitter, right? 
people saying that like uh, there was a guy saying that you know Stipe won the first fight landslide, right? And how was he uh, underdog in this fight? It's because well in the first fight yes he did win right there's no doubt about it but he was walking a tightrope it was a tightrope operation right it could have ended at any point and there was points where he got hit he was rocked he just did enough like if you walk look at his face in the, the fight it looked like he went through a buzzsaw to get that win and Francis Nagano whether it's not like technically he's that much better right but the little things right so more patient. Um, little things that he changed his stance where he like really sp- spread legs. He's really wide with his leg so he can get more balance and just let his hands go because he's so confident in his power, right? He's a little bit better with the takedown defense. He's, he knows how to use his strength a little bit more. He's calmer. Those little tweaks, right? They're not like technically like he's not throwing jabs and head movement and, you know, setting up shots. He's not doing any of that. He's still not doing any of that. He's still just counting on his power and just counting on... If I get you in a position where I can swing and catch you, I'm going to knock you out. But the little changes of mentality of fighting, uh, calmness, patience, uh, you know, staying in a good position. Because if Francis Nagano, what I'm noticing is he, if he gets in a position, right, where he feels like he could punch you and he could punch you from a good range, he will let go of shots. He's not a guy that's going to just stare at you like he did in the Derek Lewis fight, which is weird. But since then, he's been sleeping everybody and he slept two good wrestlers in that point in Cain Velasquez and in um I can't think of the other guy's name right now uh Curtis Blades who he knocked out twice in his career so like we said for the scope Nagano was good power in both hands uh punches from good range um wide stance which allows him to balance to let go multiple shots so in this fight you Stipe's gonna need to bring back all the tricks that he had before Right when he was more in his prime, he's gonna need to do it now. Now I was just complaining about saying the guys are out of the prime when they lose and have excuses. Well, I think we can see it. It's deep if you look the past uh, fights, all the miles on and uh, over DC, the fights definitely got slower. His punches got slower. Um, his head movement was off, like I said. So I don't know if he has. He, he would have to get takedowns. He would have to get him against the fence. He would have to win combinations. He would have to be able to move around the cage. I don't think he has all that. I don't think he has that anymore. And I think Francis. He's going to catch him early within, I think, the first or second round and put him to sleep because Stipe's not going to be able to move. He's not going to be able to react to all the shots that Francis is going. And Francis isn't going to just fall in like he did before and punch out wild. I think Francis will be more patient and be able to prolong his stamina going forward with the second to maybe even third round of this fight. But I expect him to catch him, Stipe, cold and end the fight. And it's not to put down Stipe. It's just Stipe's had his run. And he's been, like I said, the miles were on the truck. And it's every truck's just going to give out at one point. And every fighter just has this moment where he just no longer can hold up. I don't believe he can handle up to, to Francis anymore. He's a he's this force that's just ready to take over this title. And he's going to be a tough out. And you're going to need to be able to do multiple things and be able to uh, withstand some power and really push back Francis in order to beat him, right? And if you can't do that, I don't think Steve can do that anymore. He could do it at one point. I don't think he could do it anymore. I expect Francis to knock him out. And I expect Francis to set up a mega fight. UFC's, you know, you know, last mega fight since Khabib Connor uh, with Francis versus um, John Jones. And that's going to be a hell of a fight. It's a very interesting matchup and everybody's going to be very pumped for it. But this is the fight I expect Francis to stay patient early and land big, late first, early second, end the fight, KO, new champ of the world. So I always start off with the biggest fight, right? But there's another pretty big rematch. 
happened this weekend. And it's in boxing. It's in Dylan White versus Alexander Povetkin. And maybe it's Povetkin versus White. Maybe I had to disrespect Povetkin by putting him second. This is a rematch. And in this fight, unlike the Nagano-Stipe fight, this one did end in a KO. And it ended with Povetkin getting... Which would have been KO of the year if it weren't for... Uh, if it weren't for uh, Javante Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Alexander Povetkin has, has been you know career heavyweight, been around a while, fought all, all the best guys, fought Klitschko, fought um, uh, Joshua, he's fought them all, right? He's been around for a while, and uh, he never had that big, humongous win that you know like they put him on top, right? And this is probably honestly his knockout of Dylan White is probably his biggest win in boxing. And that it, it really derailed Dylan White at a point in his career where he was getting to have at least uh, an argument that he should be fighting the number one guy, right, in heavyweight division. And Povetkin could just eliminate all that with one punch. In the fight that he got dropped twice, uh, it wasn't, you know, he was doing things you would have to really watch. He was he was doing some things that were was positive, right, but it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, he wasn't winning in the fight. He was dropped twice. Like I said, he wasn't. Uh, it didn't look like he was gonna. It was gonna hit in the direction of win. But if you watched it now, like and you saw it, he was doing little things to get Dylan White to make mistakes. And if you see Dylan White, he makes a lot of mistakes. He Dylan White is a you know straight leg fighter. He has to set his feet. Once he sets his feet and starts punching, he's not gonna adjust. And I think Pavekin started seeing that as the fight went on. And Pavekin's a veteran, older fighter, but he's a veteran, and he still has some. You know, if he gets his Punches flying, he can still put you to sleep. And once he saw that White doesn't adjust mid combination, doesn't adjust once he sets his feet, Pavekin started. Pavekin went, moved his legs, moved in with one punch, moved under a punch, and adjusted his legs where Dylan White was stuck. And I'm just curious, like this fight, I don't know how it's going to play out because I'm not sure if Dylan White, what's the strategy he's going to use for this fight? Because he was winning, right? But he got knocked out in a fight that he was winning and it was being affected. So was he more patient this time? Does he not give Povetkin so much to look at? Can he uh, try to box his way to a victory on this fight? Where he just, you know, jabbing straight punches and not getting into flurries? Because Povetkin is going to look to combo, uh, combo with each other. Like, they're both wide open when they combo, right? Povetkin moves his way in. He's really predictable with his combos. He usually works his way in over right hand to the head, left hook to the body. He does it over and over and over again. Like, you could read it. But if he adds like that one extra movement mid combination and Dylan White, who plants his legs in the ground, is not going to be suddenly become a, a brilliant mover with his legs, right? He just isn't. That's not his game. His game is like multiple punches that he just pushes out. He just pushes out arm punches that are pretty effective. He has some good power behind. And Povetkin's whole game is getting in the inside with a little bit of head movement, a little bit of footwork. So I, I can easily see Povetkin getting in. And knocking out Dylan White again. Because Dylan White's going to do the exact same thing. He's not going to change everything that he has. He can't. He has one style. But Vekin has one style. That's why this makes such an interesting fight. And it's going to be a good fight. For as long as it lasts. I expect Dylan White to be more patient. I'm going to take Dylan White in this. This is my prediction is Dylan White wins the fight. Right? Povetkin's age. And he can't keep up the pace. Um, he did get dropped. You know, he is a little bit chinny. Right? He did get dropped. He loses himself in his combos, and I think Dylan White's gonna gonna drop him a few times. I think he's gonna get the stop this. I think he's gonna get the stoppage this time. But I can see the counter. Povetkin already has him figured out and realizes that Dylan White can't move his legs. That once he plants, that's where he's at, and he's not 
if you're moving, he's not going to adjust with you. So if if Povetkin could get his legs going, and he could get under, uh, get the head movement with the legs, and switch it and get some angles, right? Punch more, punch somewhere, move your legs, and be in a different spot on the second punch. It's going to give Dylan White a lot of trouble because Dylan White is stuck where he starts. Where he starts, that's where he's going to be at at the end of his combination. Pavek is not like that. Pavek can hit you one shot and has the leg moment to get to another spot, right? So maybe Pavek hasn't figured out. I'm going to pick Dylan White. I think he's going to be more patient in this fight. I think he's going to expect a lot more jabs, a lot more straight rights, and I don't think he's going to get in flurries with them because I don't. I think he, they realize that it's not going to be a good idea to start, to try to um, flurry with Pavekin, who's not a moving target and is moving and getting punches from different angles while Dylan White's just punching from the same spot. I expect a patient Dylan White to pull up decision. Does this, does he, can he do something impressive enough to put himself back at that position that he once held? Or is Dylan White going to pull out this win, but never be a threat to the, one of the main guys ever again? The heavyweight division is very interesting. It's very, I know there's two guys at the top, Wilder's right there, but it's very wide open still, right? It doesn't take much wins to get your name right there at the top with everyone else. And these guys are always looking for opponents. These big, the big guys are always looking for opponents. So White just needs to get a victory here. If he does it impressively, that'd be amazing. Gets a knockout, that'd be great for him. But not just get a win. That's really what you need here. And with Povetkin, does he put himself in, right, at a later age, does he put himself in contention with all the big names out there, right? Does he does he have one more run in him? And is he going to outdo last time the, the last fight's performance? That's what you want to see. Is he going to be able to... Put White asleep again. Does he just have his number, which happens? This this definitely happens. And it's not just, you know, it's it's there's a lot to go in, like when someone has someone's number, right? It's not, you know, it's it's style, but it's like Pavekin's the way he moves when he punches, right? He like moves, he has some stuff, not you know, not exactly like Tyson, but he has some stuff like those old school inside fighters where they use their legs to get inside, where he works under when he goes under a punch. He's punching with that movement. His movement, his defensive head movement is coming with a punch, right? And that is something that it's a lost art. And maybe White's not used to seeing that. He's used to fighting big lumbering guys. And Pavekin's not a big lumbering guy. He's got some smoothness to his movement. Now, he has poor defense. It's a poor defensive fight, to be honest with you. And that's what makes it so entertaining. But the winner of this fight is going to have a big opportunity on his hands. There will be a fight for them that people are going to want to see. Great fight. Excited for the heavyweight uh, main events. Uh, let's get to... Uh, let me touch with some of the fights on the undercards of these cards. I got uh, Luke versus Woodley, right? And uh, I'm going to take Luke over Woodley. I think Woodley's shot, honestly. Uh, he's a co-main event of this of that fight. I think because another fight got canceled. Um, I believe uh, Volkanowski versus um, Ortega was on that, which is a great fight. Unfortunately, it got canceled. But I'll take... Uh, Luke in a uh, decision over Woodley. Woodley's just shot, in my opinion. He just he can't pull the trigger anymore, and that's that happens when you're shot. You just don't have the timing that the, your brain's not connecting with your muscles. It's not connecting with you know. You just don't have the timing anymore. And Luke is a guy that likes to strike, and he I think he's just gonna outwork Woodley. But the thing is, he will be there to get hit. Like, cause Luke is more of just punching, and he's not gonna go for takedowns. He's gonna look to punch. And Woodley, if one, one thing Woodley can do in at points is to let go a shot, right? And let go. I'm sure, I'm sure he still has power. That's the last thing to go. So maybe there's points where, you know, it could be interesting, but I'm expecting Luke to 
just outpoint, outwork, and out hustle Woodley for decision. You got O'Malley making his comeback since his loss with the calf kick. This just shut down his whole leg, right? Versus Alme- uh, Almeida, and uh, I'm gonna pick O'Malley by KO because Almeida is flawed. Like with he's a stand up fighter, but he kind of could get teed off on the way he holds his hands. He's kind of just like marches towards you, and O'Malley likes his distance. He he can punch from angles, and I don't know if people are getting off the O'Malley train. Uh, he's kind of not helped himself with some of the stuff he said, but he's still a very talented fighter. I expect O'Malley to win that over KO. Uh, Ted Cheeseman on the boxing undercard versus Metcalf, which I think this might be a very good fight. Uh, Metcalf is unproven, right? I'm not re- you. What you see, you like. I like the things I see. He's aggressive. Um, He's aggressive, but he's like he's smart. He has some skill to. It. He's not just throwing punches just to throw punches, right? But he has never been tested. And Ted Cheeseman, right? He has nothing that wows you, right? There's no like speed. There's no extreme power, but he could do a lot of things. He's actually a very talented fighter, very skilled fighter. He's not a wow you. He's not gonna wow you with ability, but he's gonna wow you. He, he can do his skill. He can move around the ring. He can put pressure on you. He he, he can punch either hand. He he's pretty smart in there. I expect I expect she's uh, been to get a decision versus Metcalf. I think he's going to have too many weapons, and I think Metcalf's first time at this really this level. Even though he's thirty years old and Ted Cheeseman's only twenty five, Metcalf's never really faced anyone as good as Ted Cheeseman. I think that that's going to show in this fight. Uh, let's go with my fake money real bets. Now we know I'm hurting on this, right? If you're following this podcast, you know I'm hurting. I start off with a million. I'm at four hundred ninety eight thousand, right? I'm half of what I, I'm a little less than half of what I was at. So. I, I, I like these bets this week. I feel good like I'm going to get back. I feel like I'm going to get back. I'm either going to be eating in the streets or I'm going to be laying in silk sheets. We're going to find out. But Francis Nagano, right, minus 125, just to win, money line. Uh, Francis Nagano by KLTKO is minus 120, right? Those are better odds, but just slightly. So why even risk it? Even Who knows? Some freak thing happens. It's fighting and he gets a decision win, right? But I'm going to I feel pretty confident, Francis, to get this win. I'm going to bet 223000 to win $186,000 right now. If I lose that bet, like I said, even in the streets, Vicente uh, Luque, minus 230, right? I'm going to bet 100K against Tyron Woodley because I told you Tyron Woodley is shot, and that wins me $43,000. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, plus 135. I'm going to bet 100K on that to win 32K. I'm also going to bet 50K that he does it by KLTKO, or DQ, that will win me 67K because that's plus 135. And I'm going to bet Ted Cheeseman, plus 150. He's the underdog in this fight. He's the only one that's a proven fighter in the fight. Uh, Metcalf, I know, shows some things. He's also 30-something years old, so what took him to this long to get to this level if he's this good, right? I'm going to bet 25K, plus 150, and that would win 38K. This will bring me back. And I, and you know if, I'm, if you're following this, I need to come back. I feel confident in these bets. I feel good in these fights this weekend. Two heavyweight rematches. You couldn't ask for more. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Please uh, review, like, subscribe, whatever you can do on Spotify that's positive. Please do. Also, follow me at the Weigh In on Weigh In Podcast on YouTube. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.